Do you ever need to send money to another country? Well, if you do, then you need to know about TransferWise, the cheaper and easier way to send money. TransferWise was founded by two engineers, Tavit and Christo, who frequently needed to send money to family and friends across the globe. They felt trapped by big bank fees and bad exchange rates, and they wondered, what if we could band with other people sending money abroad and bypass the banks entirely? Well, that was six years ago. Today, a community of millions use TransferWise. There are people sending money back home, businesses paying suppliers, freelancers getting paid, the list goes on. TransferWise gives you great exchange rates and low fees. What I really like is that the folks at TransferWise are all about how much money they save people, not how much money they make off of them. That's people like you who now have extra to spend on more important things. Because no one ever said, it's important that my banks get some extra fees. See how much you could save at TransferWise.com or on the app. That's TransferWise.com. TransferWise, as in, I'm going to do something wise today. TransferWise.com. Welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I'm going to be super honest with you right away and let you know that I have now restarted this podcast recording no less than three times. (laughs) I have so many things on my mind. I have so many different subjects and things I want to dive into and talk about. I'm really scattered and all over the place, and I just can't seem to make up my mind what this podcast is going to be about. So let's see if if third time is a charm. Um, I started sharing first a little bit about um, the story about body image, and I had this moment this week where I felt a little self-conscious about my body, and I started telling that story, and then I realized, well, that's not true for me today at all. <laughs> I had a moment this week where I, we were on the beach and I was in a cover-up and then my friend asked, uh, oh my God, your bikini looks so nice. Can I see it? And I hadn't worn like a proper two-piece bikini or bathing suit in a, in a long time. And my initial reaction was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to, no, <laughs> let's not do that. No, <laughs> you don't have to see my bikini. It's just, it's, it's whatever. And she was like, what? What are you, are you crazy? Like, can I see your bikini? And I had this total moment of, oh, I just felt like a fat cow. I didn't want to be in a bikini right then. And I've been reflecting over that this whole week, like body image and how it shifts. Because today I woke up and I felt totally fucking awesome. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, damn, I'm hot. <laughs> so I practiced yoga in my, uh, in like a see-through top today. And I felt like just, just felt like a million bucks. And then I started now in this podcast that I just deleted, I started sharing the story about like body image and feeling insecure. And then I just realized like, no, no. <laughs> it's clearly not where I am at today. But isn't it interesting though, how your entire perception of yourself can switch and just change like in a moment. It's, it's, it's kind of wild. And I know I've touched on this before, but you know, when we look at our bodies and we see a reflection in the mirror or however we're feeling in our body on any given day, it has nothing to do with what our body actually looks like. Um, Today, I feel like a million bucks. Like a couple days ago, I felt like a fat cow on the beach. My body looks exactly the same today as it did that day. It's all about perception and how we sit with things in our minds. And I had this totally great yoga practice this morning where I got to flow and jump and invert and sweat. And I just I had this feeling where, oh, I feel like myself again. And that was a really interesting thing to to realize. I feel like myself again. What the hell does that mean? Have I not been myself these past couple of months? Have I just taken the shape of another human being? Am I someone else right now? Um, 
And I've been reflecting on that. And I think that's what I'm going to talk about today. So roles, personalities, and how we see ourselves, so how we perceive who we are. And it's actually really interesting that I'm going in toward this, this topic right now. I'm in the middle of completing a brand new look, a brand new design concept, a whole new branding for the Yoga Girl brand, which is so freaking awesome. It's the funnest process ever. We're working with an amazing, amazing design bureau who's helping us with this. And the process is crazy. Uh, and it's kind of forced me to really look at myself like, who am I? <laughs> and when I had this thought this morning, you know, I feel like myself again. Well, I was pregnant, so it shifted a lot. And then I gave birth and that shifted a lot. And I've really changed. Of course, stepping into motherhood is <sighs> brand new life. <laughs> Anyone who's a mom knows that. But feeling like myself again, does that mean that there's a version of me that I have in the back of my mind that I want to continuously return to. So whenever something shifts and changes in my life, I'm always keeping that as framework of this is who I am. And whenever I deviate from that, so maybe, you know, getting pregnant or gaining lots of weight or um, whatever, changing direction in life or working with something different or making new friends or making different choices. Does that mean that all of a sudden I'm not myself anymore? Does that then mean that I can't really accept and embrace that change and I have to strive to return to that person, that idea of who I am? This is a complex thing. So I want to share with you a little bit about Yoga Girl. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. The podcast is called From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands. Well, actually, we've had millions and millions of downloads for this podcast uh, since I started just a couple months ago. We have so many people listening in. Um, and I'm really wondering, I, I'm so curious to see, like, who, how do you view Yoga Girl? What's your perception of Yoga Girl? For a really long time, I absolutely despised the name Yoga Girl. I thought it was the worst thing ever. I started this Instagram account. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are following me on Instagram. Uh, it was a total personal thing. It was a very, very personal thing. I was just like anybody else. I had a Facebook uh, profile, just like a personal thing. And then I started Instagram and I wanted to use it to share with family and friends, like what I'm doing. And I was sharing photos of my dogs and photos of my breakfast and just whatever I was doing that day. And I realized pretty early on that if I would ever share a photo of something yoga related, which I did once in a while because I was teaching yoga full time and practicing yoga more than full time and yoga was really my life. Uh, if I shared anything yoga related, I would get this huge response immediately compared to, you know, sharing anything else like beach or dogs or, or, or whatever I was, I was sharing in the moment. So I started gearing it more toward yoga. Um, and then things kind of started to blow up a little bit. This Instagram account grew and grew and grew. And it was new at the time. Instagram was kind of brand new. I was one of the very first people to connect yoga with Instagram. And not everybody liked that in the beginning. Like now I feel it's it's so such a common thing. There's a, I don't know how many people out there doing yoga, uh, practicing yoga poses and, and kind of taking photos and putting them on, on Instagram. But I was one of the first people to start. And it was really frowned upon in the beginning. I remember having to explain myself so many times to, I guess, maybe older generations or people that hadn't really 
looped in with what Instagram truly was. So I think from the outside, it could look maybe inauthentic. Is it appropriate place to connect yoga, uh, social media? How does that really work? Even though there were lots of yoga teachers already using Facebook and YouTube and other platforms to grow their social media followings for their classes, Instagram was just new. And I think my account was the biggest one within the yoga world for a really long time and still is. And in the beginning, I remember the first time ever anybody recognized me from social media. It was, it was an awful experience. <laughs> it was an awful experience. It was not at all fun. And it's, it's, it's really, I'm really happy I'm going to be sharing this story right now because it was my friend Jessica who was just here. Uh, she was, we had a whole vacation week, had an awesome time. She was the same person who was asking me about, uh, about the bikini I was wearing on the beach. We were telling this exact story just two nights ago, <laughs> kind of how we met and we dove into this big thing about how yoga and Instagram started and how yoga girl became yoga girl. And I haven't thought about this in so long. And I realized it's a really important piece of who I am. So when I'm puzzling together this, this idea of feeling myself, you know, yoga girl is a big portion of that. So the first time anyone ever recognized me through social media, uh, I, I don't know how many followers I had at the time, maybe 10,000, maybe, maybe 15,000. I don't know. I don't know. Not a lot. I mean, compared to two something million, it's not a lot. At the time, it was a lot. It was just totally new. Dennis was working at a surf shop at the time. We'd known each other maybe a year, I think. It was really, really new, maybe, maybe a year and a half. And we went to Surf Expo in Orlando, in Florida, to purchase things for the surf shop, to make place orders and to, you know, check out next season's trends and, and all that. Surf Expo, for anyone who's ever been, it's like a super fun, <laughs> super fun place to be. Lots of parties, lots of cool people. It, it was, it was a, a fun thing for us to do together. And we were there, I was accompanying him, and I was walking from one end of the expo to the other, uh, wearing a hat, I remember, and probably yoga pants, <laughs> something or other. And then I saw these two girls, they were staring at me. And because, you know, I had no idea why these people were looking at me and, and who were they? Like, did I know them? Had I met them somewhere before? I couldn't place their faces, but they were staring like really blatantly without trying to hide it. And then they didn't come up to say hi. They didn't say anything. Uh, when I looked at them, they looked away like they weren't looking, but I, I saw them. So I thought, wow, that, that was like a strange vibe. Like, I wonder... Hmm, that, that's odd. Uh, and then I kept walking. And a little later during the same day, uh, walking somewhere else, there were those same girls again. And then this time as I walked by, uh, this girl turned to some other person, like a guy in the group and said, oh my God, have you seen that girl? That's yoga girl. <laughs> and she said it with that voice. That's yoga girl. Like being yoga girl was this awful thing. Like it was just oh, let this, this totally, oh, it was just, it was just, it was like, like it tasted bad in her mouth. And I just like, my face got totally red. I was just blushing. I just dropped my head down. I couldn't believe it. What, what do they mean? That's yoga girl. Like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> and I like rushed over to Dennis and I was almost crying because I felt so, it didn't feel good. Like the way she said it didn't feel good. And for me, Yoga Girl was just a name that I had picked when I started an Instagram account that was a personal thing. I was doing a lot of yoga. I was a girl, Yoga Girl. Like 
what? <laughs> I was not planning to grow a social media following when I started that account. I had no plans for any of, of all of this to happen, like at all, at all. And actually for a really long time, I fought the idea of Yoga Girl. And it started with this exact moment. And I went back to Dennis and I said, you know, there were two girls over there. I think they recognized me from Instagram or something. I don't know, because they said, ew, like that's Yoga Girl uh, when I walked by. And Dennis's response was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Like someone recognized you from Instagram. That's so weird. Like, how is that even possible? Whoa, that's crazy. Like, wow. And I was like, no, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't want to be recognized by strangers. I don't want people judging me from afar, like talking about me with that tone. Like, no, that was, that was not at all nice. Super awkward, super weird. And, um, we had a good time at Surf Expo anyway, and then went back to Aruba. I think this was, hmm, let me think. September, probably 2012. So I know Surf Expo is usually September and January, if I'm not mistaken. So I think this must have been September. Really shortly after this, Dennis quit his job managing managing this, uh, this surf shop, which was actually the same surf shop where we met. And he opened Salad Skate Shop, which is or was his skate shop that he opened with his best friend, Kado. Um, that's why he is Dennis from Salad. Uh, Kado was Kado from Salad. And then they had Salad Skate Shop together um salad is a, a salad grind i think it's called it's a really old school skate trick um so that's why they were a salad skate shop anyway so he opened this uh, this or was about to open the skate shop and we went back to surf expo this time for them to together uh place their first orders as an independent as independent shop owners which was a huge thing and uh dennis borrowed money from his dad to set up this business it was a huge risk uh, i remember really having to talk him into quitting the surf shop because it was just kind of a dead end and he'd been there for so since he was i think 16 or something crazy he'd been at, the, at this shop and he really wanted to do his own thing so we went to surf, we went back to surf, uh, surf Expo in Orlando to place these orders, and it was a really anticipated trip, like a huge deal. And this time, I know, I mean, a couple of months had passed, and my Instagram following had probably grown to like maybe thirty or forty thousand or something, which was really sizable at the time. Like if you had an account that size, it was it was a, it was a huge deal. And I hadn't traveled from Aruba since then. In Aruba, you know, no one knows me or knew me at, at, at least at that time here in Aruba. Nobody cares. I don't even think Arubans were on <laughs> Instagram at all. Um, I was just teaching yoga to tourists that were coming on vacation. I was a yoga director of this uh, resort on the beach here. I was literally hounding people on the beach, like passing out flyers, come to beach yoga, come to full moon yoga, come to sup yoga, come to this, da, 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 da. I was teaching sup yoga for a couple of months as well, which was... Uh, also a big deal at the time. Now it's really not anymore. But then uh, I was one of the people, I would never say I invented sup yoga because I, I know that's not the case. Uh, it was one of those things that kind of popped up around the same time in the world. So I didn't know anybody else that did it. I found this huge paddleboard. I remember Dennis was surfing with our dogs one day, like with him and the dog on the board. And I was practicing yoga on the beach. And I was thinking like, wow, if he can take the dog on the board, like, could I do a down dog? Like, could I practice? Could I stand up on that board if I wasn't in a wave? Like, I just had this like idea. Could I do something? That would be fun. But when I tried, the board just sank. It didn't work. And then someone brought the first time a paddle board to the island and I tried a down dog on that board and it worked. And then I started teaching and it kind of became this thing. Uh, and then there was a girl, I think in Miami that did it at the same time and a girl in LA. So I was definitely a pioneer of sup yoga, not the 
sole creator and would not claim that either. But no one else in the world was really doing this at that time. So whenever I would share a photo online of me practicing yoga, like in a headstand or something on a, on a stand-up paddleboard, it became a huge, huge, huge deal. So around the same time that we were traveling to Surf Expo to buy things for the skate shop, this stand-up paddleboard company reached out and said, oh my God, we've seen what you do on Instagram. We would love to bring you uh, somewhere to, to create something, to have a collaboration or for you to become an ambassador for the brand. Uh, we would love to meet up. Like, what, what are your plans for the future? And I said, oh, actually, I'm going to Orlando for for Surf Expo, for this thing with my with my boyfriend and uh, he's opening a skate shop. And they said, no way, oh my God, we're going to be there too. That's awesome. Like, come, uh, come see our booth. Our booth is over here. We even have a the world's first ever yoga board being developed and we would love for you to be the first person to try it. So I was like, okay, that's, that's really, really cool. So we came to Surf Expo. I met these people, decided to collaborate with them. I can't even really remember how it started. I think I took the yoga board and I put it in the pool. There's always a pool at Surf Expo and I did a yoga flow and it became like a, like a sensation. I remember people were stopping by and just, they couldn't believe like, what is this thing? It was unseen, you know, someone's practicing yoga on the water on a surfboard. That's crazy. (laughs) And it became like a thing. And I ended up um, signing with them to work with them for the future. And as I was doing all this yoga and I was there, I was sharing these photos of me at Surf Expo doing yoga on a surfboard. And all of a sudden, I got all of these comments on Instagram uh, that said, wait, you're in Orlando? What? You should teach a class here. If you're there doing yoga at Surf Expo, like teach a class somewhere so we can practice. I don't know how many people were asking, like a couple of people, not, not many. And I asked Dennis, I said, what do you think? You think I could find a studio here? like somewhere that, that I could just teach a class or, or maybe a field, <laughs> I don't know, like somewhere outside. How, how can I do this? And he said, well, you should just like Google, Google it, see what you can find. So I literally Googled Orlando plus yoga studio <laughs> just to see what I could find. And I was left with this like little list that I wrote together in my notebook of 15 or so studios in the Orlando area. And then I started cold calling, <laughs> like just cold calling yoga studios that I'd never been to, no connection, didn't know anybody. And it, the conversation went something like this. Someone would pick up and I would say, hi, uh, my name is Rachel. Uh, I uh, am in Orlando. <laughs> I'm looking for, uh, I, was so, I was like, what, 21, 22 years old? I was like, I'm, I'm looking for a yoga studio for anyone that I can maybe rent or I don't know how these things work because I'd never done a yoga class. I'd never done a workshop at a studio before in my whole life, like ever. Uh, and I said, I want to rent your studio or, you know, if, if I could teach a class there, <laughs> which of course is like a crazy thing for a studio owner or whatever, whoever's picking up the phone at the studio to hear. So the answer was like, um, no, no, <laughs> we don't just rent our studio out to strangers or, um, you know, do you have any references and uh, like nothing, you know, so I just got like, no, sorry, this is like very short notice. Um, someone asked me, like, could you send me your website information? I didn't have a website. <laughs> you know, I was just like some random person without any reference whatsoever trying to rent a yoga studio. It didn't really work out. But I think it was the 13th or something call that I made. And this was, I had ventured out from Orlando center and like all the way out into like suburbs and pretty far away. Uh, this one little Ashtanga studio uh, said, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. You, you, can, you can come here. Uh, we don't do rentals, but we can, uh, we can split the profits of whoever, whoever shows up. Uh, we'll stay with 80% of what you make. And I had no idea how this worked. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Woo. 
<laughs> you'll take 80% of my money. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know. I was just so stoked uh, that I just found a place where I could teach. So, so I booked this thing with them. I posted it to Instagram like, oh my God, Orlando, I'm going to be doing a yoga class. Uh, it's going to be here and here. Uh, if you want to join me, uh, please come, you know. I'll do a handstands or I, I can't remember what, what, what the workshop was on. And the studio, they were asking, they said, okay, so uh, how many people are you, are you anticipating more or less? Because this is uh, normally a day our, our studio is normally closed on this day. So we're going to need to have someone in reception to sign you in. And I said, I don't know, maybe five or six or I, I don't know. Like, no, it's just, it's just I'm, I'm going to be advertising this through Instagram. And they said, through Instagram, that's odd. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a karma yogi help you sign in. <laughs> I was like, okay, that that's fine, great. And then it was the end of the week, and then this day approached, and I woke up in the morning, and I knew I had to teach this class that day, but it wasn't a normal class where just people would, you know, my local students, or people that knew me, that I had a relationship, or tourists where they just came for a class. They didn't care about the teacher. I had never taught a class or a workshop where people were anticipating me you know they were waiting for me they were looking forward <laughs> to seeing me I was so nervous about this idea this concept of people I don't know coming to my class for me I, I it was brand new I was so nervous I almost I couldn't eat all day I couldn't have breakfast I couldn't eat I was just like my stomach was in knots I just felt awful and Dennis didn't really get it he was like you teach yoga all I was teaching like 24 classes a week I was teaching so much in Aruba he says how can you teach all those classes and you're never nervous and now you're nervous I said yeah because these people they're expecting something from me I don't know I don't know what they're expecting but they're expecting something like they're coming from the internet <laughs> I have to like perform for them I have to be this person I have to do something amazing because they're coming there from for me and he just couldn't really understand what the difference was but it was a huge difference and I was so so nervous and the class was in the afternoon at some some time and I didn't eat all day because I was so nervous about it so on the way to the studio Dennis was hungry we had like an hour or, or something before he was like hey should we should we go to Chipotle <laughs> should, we go, should we go get some lunch I was like whatever I'm not gonna eat like yeah we can go to Chipotle fine we went to Chipotle and of course we're at Chipotle. Like I'm not going to not order. <laughs> so I ordered like a giant veggie burrito, like a big thing. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I haven't eaten all day. What if I get fainty during class? Okay, I have to eat. So I'm like eating this, <laughs> kind of force feeding myself this vegetarian burrito an hour before teaching the scariest class of my entire life. That was a very bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> such a bad choice I finished a burrito like a whole chipotle burrito and of course immediately afterwards like my stomach is just an absolute upheaval like I had to go to the bathroom and almost vomit I was so close to throwing up and I remember this really well because I don't throw up never ever I have not thrown up since I was I think 13 and I had alcohol poisoning I don't throw up ever but I was really close that day didn't throw up, but felt like crap, nauseous. I mean, you don't feel good after Chipotle on any given day, but this was like a lot of pressure added to that burrito. <laughs> you are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I want a body that feels good from within year round. My yoga practice is essential for a feel good body and the food that I consume is just as important. Fuel your healthy lifestyle through the fall season with nutritionist approved meal prep delivery across the US from Sunbasket. 
Sunbasket makes it easier and more convenient to commit to your health and wellness every single day. You receive organic and sustainable ingredients directly to your door. The ingredients are pre-measured and the step-by-step instructions are super easy to follow. Now you can cook delicious seasonal meals right in your own kitchen in 30 minutes or less. Sunbasket offers specific dietary needs like paleo, lean and clean, gluten-free, vegetarian, and family options as well. Each order is created by award-winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. Whichever wellness journey you're committed to, there's a Sunbasket to meet your nutritional needs. No more running around town for the best ingredients or endless online scrolling for recipes. Order from Sunbasket for a quick and nutritious meal that your body will thank you for. Your new healthy lifestyle starts now with Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com slash yoga today to get $35 off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash yoga for $35 off. sunbasket.com slash yoga. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. So we get to the studio and of course, I've never done this before. I never taught in new studios. Um, You know, I didn't know how much time I should give myself, but I thought if I'm there 30 minutes before, that should give me enough time that I can be alone in the studio, put my mat down, figure out the music, the lighting, you know, talk to the the people at the studio and take a couple of breaths, you know, to really ground. We get there. As we're approaching the studio entrance, there is a line outside. And I told Dennis, I was like, what is this? He's like, um... I think those are people here for your class. He says, no, maybe, maybe there was something else happening afterwards. Like maybe there's like a big thing there. I'm like, I don't know. Just keep driving. Don't park here. Don't park here. I said, just keep driving, drive, drive. <laughs> so he's like, okay. And he passes the studio and we parked around the corner because I was so terrified. <laughs> and then we walk up and then people that were in line outside, they turn around. They're like, oh my God, yoga girl. Oh my God. Hi. I'm so excited to take your class. You're such an inspiration. And I said, What? <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> what? What do you like? I, I was so perplexed by this idea. I go inside of the studio. There was no way I could have had a moment in that studio alone because 40 something people showed up to this class. And I think the capacity of the studio was 28 or 30. <laughs> and yeah, we didn't fit. <laughs> it's just like, a huge issue. And of course, this poor woman who was at the reception desk uh, was anticipating five or six people had no idea what just happened. Like it was just totally crazy. And I walk inside and people are staring at me. And I remember some, I walked, walked by some mat and some girls just looked at me, but didn't even say anything. And that made me so nervous. But it turns out she was nervous to see me. I was nervous to see all of them. It was just so awkward. Um, some girl jumped up and just gave me a hug and like, oh, you're my biggest inspiration and I'm so excited to finally meet you. I drove four hours to get here. And I was like, you drove four hours to get here for for this? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> 
I just couldn't comprehend this idea. So it was kind of like, I don't know what to compare this with, but I was gathering this community, building this community, uh, mainly in the US, but also in, in Europe and, and afar. But I was doing it living on a tiny Caribbean island, meeting no one, right? So all of a sudden I had created some sort of community and some sort of impact in people's lives by just sharing who I was and trying to do my best to inspire people through the practice, but I didn't know it. <laughs> I was just completely new to the idea of what Yoga Girl was. And I didn't like the name Yoga Girl. I thought it sounded really commercial and, and no, it just wasn't me at all. So when this girl was like, Yoga Girl, oh my God. Then I said, uh, no, my name is Rachel. Hi, nice to meet you. My name is not Yoga Girl. And I got really offended. <laughs> all these people were calling me Yoga Girl and I felt like, oh, it's like I'm some like fake brand person. Like I'm not, my name is not Yoga Girl. My name is Rachel. Don't call me that. That's just like an Instagram account. I don't even like it. <laughs> it was such a weird time. And then I go into the class and the, the poor woman who was in the reception trying to check people in was so overwhelmed realized she had to move things out of the boutique area out of they had a little shop area outside of the shala uh, so that we could keep the shala doors open and people could put their mats out in the boutique because there was no space even though we were like pinkies between mats and of course there was no space for me to put down a mat because there were so many people in there and I walk into this room and I'm just sweating bullets like I'm so nervous and I can feel this burrito is like making its way back up and I just had to swallow it back down and I just realized, you know, okay, I have to just take a deep breath and do the best I can. That's it. Like, I just have to breathe and do my best. I can't do better than my best. Like, I can't do better than I can. <laughs> I can just do my best with what I have in the moment. Um, they might be expecting a lot, but I'm just, I'm just going to do the best I can. And I, and I sat down at the top of the room and I said, hi, everyone. Um, I'm really shocked to see you here. Uh, my name is Rachel. I live in Aruba. <laughs> like they didn't know that already. And uh, um, we're going to practice now. <laughs> you know, there's like 80 or, you know, 80 eyes looking back at me or 40 pairs of eyes looking back at me like, okay, hanging on to my every word. And then I taught the class. I cannot remember for the life of me a single thing that I taught <laughs> in that class. Can't remember. Blacked blacked out completely. I think it was okay. I remember um, I remember telling Dennis afterwards, like I was pretty happy with the class considering that I was, you know, almost vomiting, freaking out under the biggest pressure I've ever been under in my entire life and, you know, panicking over these people. It went pretty well. If anyone is listening, if anyone was in this class, please write me. <laughs> I would love <laughs> to hear, hear, hear your stories of, of how that, that class was because I cannot remember a single thing. Um, and then afterwards, anyway, you know, then there was this whole thing where people wanted to take selfies and take photos that they were there, which was also brand new. I'd never in my life taken a selfie with someone because they followed me on Instagram, which seemed very strange to do in connection to a yoga class. Um, what I didn't know at the time was that I was kind of pioneering this whole new thing. Like this is very, very normal now. You know, there's thousands of people out there teaching yoga, great teachers, crappy teachers, everything in between um, that are promoting themselves through Instagram, building communities, building a following, um, and then traveling the world, teaching yoga, selling these classes through social media. It's a totally normal thing. Back then, no one had ever heard of this. I mean, we're talking 2012. I started this account. So beginning 2013, like this is, this is almost five years ago, uh, six years ago, 2012, what year is it? <laughs> what year is it? Five, six years ago. Yeah, a long time. Um, and then after everything was done, 
we went to dinner and I just felt so relieved. You know, when you've done something that was just like climbing a mountain, you overcame something, you're so relieved, probably drinking a margarita or something. Uh, I had this epiphany and I looked at Dennis and I said, what if, like, what if I could do this? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what if I could teach yoga and, 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 and travel? Like, what if, what if I can do this? This can, I can do this maybe for a living or something. I could like, we could travel. Like we always, we we were always trying to travel, but we were always so broke. We could never afford plane tickets. And I said, what what if I could like travel places and then teach yoga to in those places. And then that would pay for the trip. So it would even out, like we could just travel for the rest of our lives and just teach yoga along the way. And, and that will be our lives like nomads. That would be like, he's like, Whoa, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's probably not going to happen. And let's just, let's, this was one class. Let's take it like one thing at a time. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) But I had this thing at the back of my head, you know, we went back to Aruba um, and I I started building this little seed of maybe I could travel and teach, right? That was how it kind of began. So not so long after this, because we already had this kind of success happening in Florida and Florida is really close to Aruba. So flights are normally really cheap. Uh, We were super mega broke at the time like not only did Dennis you know he had no money he just started his own business um and a skate business which is um they kind of forgot to think about the fact that <laughs> when you open a skate shop you're mainly catering to 12 and 13 year olds with no money <laughs> so the skate shop became kind of like a it became a beautiful hangout for the young teenage skater kids uh, on the island um didn't make any money clearly did not make any money. Um, I, I feel like if, if maybe they would have started a shop like a year later, we would have been a little more equipped to support the, the shop, but it just, it was so hard to make that work. But of course, you know, they had no money to hire anybody. They had no money, money to pay themselves. So Dennis was really locked to this shop in the beginning. And that meant I had to travel on my own if I wanted to teach yoga. And with Instagram still growing and things happening, I didn't want to, I didn't want to stick and stay home in Aruba when I felt like I could go places and do this. So we decided to plan a second thing, a second class somewhere. And then we had the success in Florida. So I said, okay, let's do like a little Florida thing. We could do a little Florida tour or something. And then I booked that. And I remember I had to cold call again, studios all, we, we, we had like a little, I think it was the, it was the East coast of Florida. Uh, we started up in Jacksonville, I think, and made our way down to Miami. Uh, stopping in maybe 10 studios along the way. Uh, and I had to cold call, I had to Google, I had to cold call all these places. And again, I was met with that same idea. And then I had this one reference. I was like, I did this in Orlando a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and we we had we had like 40 people come and they were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, like that worked. So they, they thought I was a little more legit, even though they didn't know what Instagram was. They didn't know what I was doing and, and how this could possibly connect. Um, and also, this is really interesting. What I couldn't understand is how people wanted to come to these classes because the classes were selling and now I could check in advance. Like, did people book this one? We booked one in Jacksonville. Like, did it book? Did it, did it, did it sell? They have no idea if I'm a good teacher or not at all. I could be the world's worst teacher. Like they have no clue and still they're, they're willing to to commit to come to this class. Like I was so fascinated by this, (laughs) by this idea of, 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 of being inspirational, which was another word I really didn't like in the beginning. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Bras are not my favorite thing to shop for, and I know I am not alone. I would much rather roll up my yoga mat or spend time cuddling with my baby girl instead. But what if you could skip all the hassle and find your perfect fitting bra in just minutes? Well, now with Third Love, you can. Third Love has changed the bra industry. 
Using women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam, 3rd Love creates bras that are right for your size and shape. They are obsessed with finding the perfect fit, which is why they are the only lingerie brand that offers bras in half cup sizes. I used to find bras so uncomfortable that I just stopped wearing them all together for years. When I decided to try them out again, I immediately remembered just how hard it can be to find one that actually fits, feels supportive, and is comfortable all at the same time. Well, thanks to 3rd Love's quick and easy fit finder quiz and unique sizing, I now have a bra that fits amazingly well and is comfortable all day long. There is a perfect bra for everyone. For all of you in the United States, go to thirdlove.com slash heart, answer a few simple questions and pay just $2.99 for shipping. Then Third Love Signature 24-7 bra, it's on its way. When your new favorite bra arrives, test it out. Cut the tags off, wash it, wear it all day long through every activity on your schedule. It's so comfortable that you might even forget that you're wearing it. If the bra is not your new favorite after 30 days, you can easily return or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash heart to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash heart. So we booked these things. Uh, all the classes sold out, but they were at small studios. I think we were 60 or 70 as, as the biggest one. And then before that uh, trip happened, this was a couple of months in advance, I think. I went to Sweden to see my family and there was a little yoga studio in the town where my dad lives in Sigtuna. I went there to practice. I rolled out my mat and uh, after class, this studio owner, she came up and she said, oh, you know what? I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like in Sweden, someone follows me on Instagram. That's, that's crazy. That's nice. She's like, you know, you could teach a workshop here, teach a class here would be great. And I was like, okay, yeah, I did that already. I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm all cool now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've seen the world now. I'm, I'm a traveling yoga teacher basically because I taught this one class in Orlando. <laughs> but yeah, I did, and the, the class sold out, and and I did that. And then I started doing this, and this was just kind of something that 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 snowballed. So it started really small, and then grew, and then and then grew, and then grew, and then every time I would travel somewhere, I would just find a studio and book a, a workshop. And then eventually we did that Florida uh, tour. We rented a little, uh, we rented a little car, like a crappy little sedan. And by then I had already met Jessica, my friend. Uh, if you want to follow her on Instagram, you may, maybe you already do. She's Blue Water Love. Um, and she also did SUP yoga. So she was also an ambassador for this SUP yoga company. And we had met at that Surf Expo, actually, that, that time at Surf Expo. And I contacted her. I said, you know, I want to do a, a class. And she lived in Jacksonville. I said, could you help me book one? So she helped to book one. And then after that, we became such good friends that I was like, you should come on tour with us. Like, come, come on this little tour that we're doing. It's going to be 10 stops here <laughs> on the East Coast to Florida and she was like sure and she had just married her husband and just took off with me we didn't know each other at all <laughs> and she was telling this story to a friend of mine here in Aruba this week and she was like yeah and then I decided I was gonna you know help Rachel with her bookings and then I kind of became her assistant and I was like what that never happened like are you crazy like that never happened and she was like don't you remember I was trying to call all these studios up on your behalf to try to make something happen because you were so overwhelmed you couldn't do it by yourself totally blocked this out by the way she's one of my best friends in the world and apparently there was a phase in our lives where she was trying to help me book yoga classes I can't even can't even remember this and we continued this and it was really an amazing thing and I'm realizing now I mean we're looking back so many years later I was onto something really good, right? I was I was doing something really good. I was I am a good yoga teacher. I was a good yoga teacher then. I'm 
stronger in my teaching now, clearly since many years have passed, but there was something I was able to tap into through the online world that I couldn't really pinpoint, but apparently it was working like I was doing something good because people wanted to come from afar to see me or to practice with me and and all this time the idea of yoga girl really rubbed me the wrong way it really did and as the social media accounts grew I had more and more of those instances where people would stop me like at an airport or in the street or wherever and say oh yoga girl hi it's so nice to meet you I follow you on Instagram and every time I would kind of shoot them down and I would say my name is Rachel like stop calling me that (laughs) I'm not yoga girl, I am Rachel. And I was so adamant about correcting people because I had this total aversion to the idea of making this a commercial thing. Like what I really loved, I loved to teach. I loved, I mean, still love to teach, but really then it was all I wanted to do was teach. And if I could teach and travel so I could experience the world, like that was the epitome of of life, like that I have made it. I just wanted to teach and, and live, that's it. I didn't want to make money. I was really against the idea of connecting any type of uh, like financial success to this or any type of financial abundance. I was very locked to the idea of um, if you're a yoga teacher, you should be of service, right? You should do something good for the world. So I would be really careful to never, ever, ever charge um, too much. You know, I would always look, okay, what's normal if at a studio? And we normally do workshops for $40. I would do them for $25 um, at the very beginning then. And I was so, so nervous that someone would look at me and go, you're not worth this. <laughs> you know, I was terrified that all these people eventually would find out that you're just a fake. Like none of this is, none of this is good. This is all bad. Like, you're a bad teacher. You're not of service to the world. You're just trying to make a bunch of money off some internet phenomenon. Like I was, I was so terrified that people would look at me and go, oh, this is bad which really comes back to the the fundamental fact of me undervaluing myself. So me not being able to step into my own light, not being able to to see that, yeah, there's a place for me in the world where I can shine, where I can do good things, where I'm actually good at something. Um, there, I really, I had a big fundamental lack of, of, of self-worth really, really that that's taken me a long time to step into. And also something that's very interesting is, I, as these classes grew, because they grew and they grew and they grew, um, I think the next tour we did after this one was somewhere, I can't remember, we, we did, let me think, we did Sweden a bunch of times, uh, we did all across Europe a couple times, and then the States, of course, we did, uh, oh yeah, we, oh, this is good, I can't believe I'm remembering this, we went to Hawaii um, to study with some of my early teachers that I had at the time and then is proposed to me on top of Haleakala. If you listen to last week's podcast, it was with Trevor Hall. Trevor Hall has a song called Oh Haleakala and I got to ask him on air on the show uh, the meaning of that song and and share that that's that's where me and Dennis Dennis proposed to me. So it's such a special place. And we went straight from Hawaii, from Maui uh, into this crazy, crazy tour. We were at like 36 cities <laughs> in the United States. It was totally insane. And that's when I'd really caught on to the idea of like, okay, I'm going to really do this. Like this is something that, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live off of this. I'm going to travel. I'm going to see how, 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 how many people can come to these classes. How big can we grow it? Um, what can we do with this? This just like, it was just a totally, totally new thing. So we went from Maui to LA. Let me think if I can remember this. I remember I taught in LA. I taught in Santa Barbara. Um, 
We had a detour in Bakersfield where we bought Ringo. We picked up little Ringo. Oh, he was so adorable when he was little. And this is really good because <laughs> the classes that I taught prior, I don't know how many stops we had, um, prior to Bakersfield, uh, I had made exactly $900. Uh, $900 was a fortune. I mean, I had this like envelope with money <laughs> that I had accumulated. Um, and it was also the money that was supposed to last us through the next stops for hotels and food and, and, and rental cars and all that stuff. Um, I think the first two or three years of doing this, we never made any money ever, ever. We would break even if we were super lucky. We also weren't living like as scarcely as we could. I mean, we would still go eat and, and things like that. We weren't at home, you know, in some motel eating ramen, but we never had any savings or anything that we took home. We just kind of taught to live, which was an awesome time. But we had this detour in Bakersfield where we picked up Ringo and, uh, and it was nine, he was $900. He was like every dollar that, that I had, that I had in my little savings that I'd accumulated um, teaching so far. I spent so that I could get Ringo. Also, Ringo is the only dog that we have that isn't a rescue dog. I never, ever, ever would promote anybody ever spending money to buy a bred dog. If it wasn't that Ringo is the love of my life, I would have totally regretted that. Um, diving so deeply into animal rescue super shortly after we got him. But yeah, just so you know, adopt, don't shop, never shop, don't, don't look at me, adopt, don't shop. Um, anyway, and then from there we went, we went to like Pismo beach. We did, um, San Jose. We did, I think I'm skipping a bunch of stuff, San Francisco. <laughs> and then I went all the way into like Arizona and Phoenix and we did Boulder and Denver and Colorado and Santa Fe and Albuquerque and New Mexico, uh, Vegas, <laughs> like a couple of wanderlust festivals along the way. And that's a story for another podcast. Um, Anyway, all of this thing just started snowballing. And throughout this whole time, this was even until the point where I started writing the book called Yoga Girl, I was really against the idea of Yoga Girl as a brand. So if you're listening now, maybe you, you know, you're a podcast listener, maybe you follow through social media, maybe you practice online with me with 108, maybe you're physically at the studio with me at Island Yoga, uh, maybe you've bought like bracelets or tank tops or something that I've ever sold, which isn't likely because I've almost never done that. But you've never seen anything really with Yoga Girl on it, right? <laughs> Have I ever sold you anything that says Yoga Girl? No. The reason to that is because I didn't appreciate the power of this brand. I wasn't appreciating the power of the name. I was so certain that that there was something negative connected to this. I couldn't see that fact that, and this is, it's taken me a long time to get there, but now I know that the beauty of this name is that it's so relatable, it's so accessible, it's easy to connect with, and it's this open, beautiful doorway into the world of what I offer. Without the beauty of the brand name of Yoga Girl, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to this. Like, it's it's the best fucking thing I've ever done. It's so badass and freaking awesome awesome. I should have stepped into the power of really owning how great this is, how great I am. Yeah, how great I am as a person, as a teacher, as an entrepreneur, as, as all of this. I've done a lot of good stuff and how great this name is. But I, I, I haven't until the past, past yeah, year, maybe past year and a half, something like that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Life is supposed to be a journey of seeking and discovering the big, meaningful things. Love, purpose, experience, not trying to find your keys. 
Eight years ago, Tracker changed everything when they released their first tracking device. And now they've done it again with their all new Tracker Pixel. With Tracker Pixel, you'll never worry about losing your things ever again. It seems like the question my husband and I ask each other the most these days is not how are you, but have you seen my phone? (laughs) Baby brain is real people. With our busy schedule and little girl, I've seriously considered putting a tracker not just on my phone and my keys, but on my shoes, on Lea Luna's stuffed animals, maybe even on the dog. We actually use one on Ringo's collar whenever we're out for a walk since he's the master escape artist and it's kept my mind much more at ease. Tracker Pixel is the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. Place Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose, your keys, your wallets, even your dog's collar. It's small enough to fit anywhere. When you misplace an item that has a tracker pixel attached, use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will help you find it in seconds. It even has a powerful LED lights so you can find anything even in the dark. Lost your phone? Well, just press the button on tracker and your phone rings even if it's on silent amazing or what you can even locate your item if it's miles away because every tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world trackers 30-day money-back guarantee means you truly have nothing to lose go to thetracker.com slash yoga girl to get 20 percent off any order that's the tracker t-h-e-t-r-a-c-k-r.com slash yoga girl for 20 percent off thetracker.com slash yoga girl it even got to a place, and, and this is um, something that I don't know if you've ever noticed it if you've been in a class with me, but as these classes started growing and growing, I went from you know going to these small studios wherever they would accept me to bigger studios um, to actually doing research, finding the largest studio space in any given city, and that's the only place I would go. And by then, you know, that, that social media had taken off enough that any studio was super excited to have me. I realized someone taking 80% of my money... <laughs> No bueno. (laughs) Um, Some studios before I had done 50-50. No bueno. Okay. Not standard in the industry. Uh, Normal for workshop for visiting teachers. Usually 70-30. Sometimes 60-40. I would say 70-30. We do 70-30 here at the studio. Um, And it got to a place even where I would bring so many people to studios that they had to do no marketing. Nothing. I mean, no normal people from the studio would come, but I would just bring people through social media that I got to a place where I could demand or I could say, you know, I I actually keep 90% of what I make because the studios would get such amazing publicity and marketing um, and brand new people because a lot of people that came to class were brand new beginners. and Their first time in a yoga studio ever and then the studio could keep them as a student um, locally for forever you know so it was it was a great thing to have (laughs) yoga girl teaching um so little by little I started growing into this space of like what I'm worth and and yeah I would make a little more money but we would never (laughs) have any takeaway because costs a lot you know we became this kind of traveling caravan um for a while Jessica traveled with me a lot but it was always me and Dennis and, and Ringo and paying for airplane tickets and all this stuff, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy. But as they grew, I grew out of the studios. So eventually I had to start looking for other types of spaces. So like event halls or um, places where they would host parties. We were once in like a really industrial hall, whatever I could find. And next step from there became actually working with, a, uh, with an amazing agency. I've had, uh, let me think, since 2013, no, 14, somewhere there, uh, I've worked with William Morris. Uh, My agent's name is Rob. He is one of my favorite human beings. Rob, if you're listening, I love you. (laughs) And started getting more help to actually make these 
bigger type of events. So if you've practiced with me in a class the past two years, chances are it wasn't, or maybe no more, three years. It wasn't in a yoga studio at all. It was probably at a concert hall or like a stadium or something because now we take thousand people and more and it becomes an event that, you know, it's too big for me to manage on my own or for any, you know, assistant or anyone in my team to manage alone. Uh, so sometimes you work with Live Nation or AEG or one of those bigger companies that actually put on concerts and stuff, uh, which is amazing. And like, you know, every day of my life, I'm blown away that I get to do this. But if you've ever been to one of those bigger classes, especially a couple of years back, you might have noticed that I love to have someone on stage demoing for me. <laughs> uh, I, I, and the, the, I would always say like, no, you know, it's because I, I, I like to be in the crowd. I don't want to be on some weird stage. It's super awkward. Um, it's, it's really strange that I get to, to do this type of thing within yoga anyway. Like everybody knows this is odd, beautiful and amazing and, and freaking odd. Uh, but I, I want to be on the floor. I want to be with people, touch people, adjust people, like be there, you know, with them, not on some stage like risen above. Like it's, it's really weird to me. But also because I didn't really want to be seen. <laughs> and that was a big epiphany that I had last year at Path of Love, the big um, kind of group process that I did that, that fully changed my life and helped inspire Lea Luna's conception um, was that I have a, it's, I, I'm in this very odd place where I'm in a contrast of not wanting to be seen. So being terrified, terrified of people looking at me. I don't like people looking at me. I don't like pe being the center of attention. I don't like people, you know, I, I'm still that same terrified 21 year old or 22 year old in Orlando wondering why the hell people are coming to take my class. Like I, there's still this part of me that's doesn't get it. <laughs> it just blows my mind every day of my life that, that people make that effort. Um, and I'm working on that. I am, I am. But in the beginning of those big classes, I would put another teacher, someone that came to assist the class, because if you have a thousand people in class, you need at least 10 or 15 people assisting. I would put one of them on stage so that I could just blend in with the rest of the crowd. So no one had to look at me, even though I was wearing a mic, I was teaching the class, <laughs> doing all this stuff. Um, so there's a dual, really a, a duality there that I'm still working with to this day. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's an odd thing. You know, I don't like public speaking, but I, I, I speak publicly for a living. Um, I'm talking to you now, you, you millions of people listening to this, uh, that's okay somehow, but you know, put me in a room with people. I don't want you to look at me. <sighs> it's really, it's really interesting. Really, at least for me, it's, it's a big one. So allowing myself to be seen and fully stepping in and owning the space of, yeah, it's okay to shine. Like it's, okay to shine it's okay to take up lots of space it's like that marianne williamson quote you know our our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us and it's so 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 true and one of my i think biggest takeaways from all of this is that when I allow myself to be seen, when I allow myself to really step in and shine, um, and not just on paper, not just in social media from afar, or, you know, talk, speaking into a mic, doing a podcast, like it's very abstract, the idea of talking to millions of people from afar, but in a room, right, with people fully present with me, um, stepping in and allowing myself to shine there, it does really good things for the world. Like that's when I'm able to tap into this place of, of source, of, of connection, of 
of healing, right, can be a, a channel for other people. Like that's that only happens then. It doesn't happen when I try to distance myself from this light, when I try to to dull my shine. And I'm really working on that now. That's my that's my big thing this year. It's my big thing this year. And I think being a mother and birthing the most amazing ball of just bursting, shining light has helped me realize that, yeah, I'm part of that light too. I have that light too. I am that light. I can step into that and I can own that. And with this birth of light and shining, (laughs) really, really shining, uh, that was at the end, the last day of Path of Love, um, I, I got to draw a picture, just a big image of, you know, what am I embodying after this? What am I stepping into this? And I just drew this massive star. It was just a big star. I'm like, I'm going to shine. I'm going to let myself be seen. I'm going to shine. And it's birthed this process of allowing yoga girl to step into the light. <laughs> of allowing yoga girl to really take up space. So for the first time, yeah, really soon, you're going to be seeing a lot more of yoga girl. Right? So not just Rachel Brayton, this you know private person who I am, but embodying the light and the power that is Yoga Girl, the brand. Yoga Girl, the platform that all of you love to take part of, like where we source inspiration, where we source healing, where we connect with other people, where we are vulnerable, where we're real and courageous and, and everything comes together as one. And I realized now, yeah, it's okay to have financial abundance also because you know what? When I have financial abundance, I'm freed up to do even more amazing things. Like I can help the world when I'm cared for. And there's nothing shameful in, there's nothing shameful in spreading this. There's nothing shameful in stepping into this. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited for you guys all to, to take part and to be able to see, to see what is being birthed right now. It's an awesome process. When you guys see, <laughs> I have goosebumps all over and I feel really proud. I feel really proud of myself for, for actually owning up to the space and stepping into the space fully now, but also just really grateful <laughs> that I get to sit and have amazing lessons like this one, that I get to, that I get to do this for a living, that I, that I just tracking this from being that terrified <laughs> girl driving from Chipotle to her first ever um, her first ever class or international class to sitting here in my own studio in my office with this amazing team being able to actually choose what I create and to actually direct and structure what's coming it's a pretty awesome place to be <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this um, this little moment of storytelling the beginning of Yoga Girl, I guess, is <laughs> what this podcast came to be. Hmm. I want to thank you, each and every one of you, for listening, for reading my words, for liking my Instagram posts, for sending me comments and emails, or for just if you're just a silent listener or viewer from afar, you are an integral part of everything that's being created right now. You're an integral part of this community. And together we're making something truly, truly, truly magnificent. I can't wait to unveil all that's coming. And trust me, it's a lot. Some really beautiful ways to be of service and to help change the world. I love you a lot. And I'll see you next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and taking part of how Yoga Girl became Yoga Girl. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen to and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Sunbasket, Third Love, and Tracker. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I will see you next week.